Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I cannot tell you how much I admire what you do and how you do it. And Stephen's sort of like laid back and you wonder, gosh, how does he get it all done? You get so much done. I'm laid back because my head is turning all, all the, time the time about what I have to do. Right. Stephen Sills is one of America's preeminent interior designers. His work has been featured in numerous publications, and he's a member of Architectural Digest's AD 100 since 1999, with three different editors. That's pretty impressive. And he has been named one of their 30 deans of American design. I'm lucky to live close by to Stephen, out of New York City, up in Bedford, New York. His beautiful home has been called the chicest house in America. And he has a stunning garden that always evolves and always inspires me. Joining me at the Newsstand Studios to talk about career and, of course, home and garden design is my close friend, my neighbor, and someone I deeply admire and have fun with, Stephen Sills. Welcome to my podcast, Stephen. It was great to be here. Very nice to see you. Stephen was just a tad late because this little beautiful studio where we're recording is right next door to Christie's. And Stephen wandered over there to look at their the huge the, art sales, right? Oh, it's Contemporary amazing. Contemporary impressionism. Impressionism. There's gorgeous stuff. Oh, over really? There. What, it's do, really what amazing. do you buy in? What do you have your eye on? I'm not buying anything. What do you have your eye on? Well, I saw a great Cezanne yeah. painting that is so undervalued. It's great. A great drawing from Degas. And it's a very small little things, but they're just masterpieces. They're really beautiful. Oh, it's so nice. I have to wander over there afterward. So, Stephen, it's so much fun to sit down with you and talk shop. <laughs> I've known you for years. I have followed your career avidly. I've read your books. Stephen has beautiful books that he uh, publishes with Rizzoli. And the latest one is called Stephen Sills, A Vision for Design. 
Uh, I like that very much. And in that book is a conversation with Martha Stewart. Who was that woman? Oh, I love that conversation. <laughs> that was so uh, good. You I had you had a very, very fine writer working with you on the text. David. David Neto. Yeah. Uh, he's a good writer, Steve. He's such a good writer. Yeah, he is. And Stephen always chooses uh, very fine photographers who capture the sensibility of each of his designs. So with each project, tell us about the, the process of photographing the the projects that you, the homes you create with your clients? Well, it's a wonderful process because I feel like I'm, I'm not tooting my horn. I'm just saying the thing. I have studied decoration all my life. It's been a passion since I was 16. I understand what it's about, what the atmospheres are, what takes it to get there, all the different, different styles of the periods. And I like to take along the clients with me when I'm set up for a job and it's always creating a new picture for me. I loved art when I studied art and I wanted to be a painter until I was like 18. And then I went into interior design phase. And You're a good painter. Well, thank you. I see Stephen, when I sometimes visit him on a job, he's on a scaffold like like Leonardo da Vinci up in the, up in the ceiling, painting <laughs> a special finish on the already painted painted finish. I love doing that. No, it's so great. It's so great that you actually mix the paints and mix the colors. And, I do. And you're a totally hands-on decorator. Oh, totally. Yep, totally. And, and if he doesn't like a color of a piece of furniture, it might be a beautiful American early 19th century sideboard. He'll paint it. He'll paint it to go with the decor that he has created for the client. And you know what? It always works. It that's, does. That's what's magical. It works. And you experiment a lot in your own house. Why don't you describe that? You have a really beautiful home in Bedford, New York. And it has evolved and evolved and evolved, that home. When did you buy it? When the Gulf War broke out and it was bedlam and no one was going to Bedford. Yeah. But it was so beautiful. Yeah. This 18th century village in America that they preserved the buildings. It's a historical site. It was just, I love the hills and the rolling land and everything. I stopped in and real estate office and I looked at 50 houses and bought this nice big blocky dilapidated house but it had such beautiful land and it had a magic to it I couldn't I can't really explain it there were beautiful trees on the property and it was overgrown and there were old broken down cars with trees growing through them and there was a tree growing through my garage that I made into a guest house but it was just a lifelong project and I love projects. Yeah, you do. Stephen's like I am in, in terms of latching onto something like a house and then working and working and working what? on it until it is near perfection. Right. You'll never be done with that house. Though, never, though. Because he adds garden after garden and wall after wall <laughs> and path after path. And now that fountain, I, I envy the fountain you just put in. With oh, the that's so pretty. I've looked, I've looked 20 years for that, those pieces yeah. and found them, you know. It's really but beautiful. But I, I love that. But you grew up in Oklahoma. Now, there's no land like that in Oklahoma. No, but it was a wonderful experience. And I didn't know how grateful I should have been to be in a small town in Oklahoma on the border of Texas. I could get to Dallas very quick. My family... Took me back and forth all the time to our lessons and everything. And there was so much culture going on in Dallas then at the time. Your mother and father were both artistic. Oh, well, they were. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that, that rubbed off on you, I guess. Yeah, my grandmother had four sisters that were all artists. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And they were all doing, one was doing a paintings in San Francisco. One was doing a pottery in Dallas, Texas, ceramics. So I sort of grew up with all this stuff. Oh, nice. And what age did you know that interior design was your calling? Mm, probably 16, 17. I love to paint, though. I loved paintings and pictures. And, and you went to the University of North Texas. Yeah. And then you left and went to Paris. What was I that did. experience like? Phenomenal. My parents said if I could, I was a terrible student. I only excelled in art and architecture and the creative things. They said, you've got to get a degree. And then for your present, we'll send you to Europe. So they did. And I lived there for two and a half years coming back just at Christmas. And it was the most magical experience of my life. I mean, just seeing a whole different way to look at things. And, and Did you work there or just? I Yes, I worked. I, well, not really. I was having a lot of fun. That's what I was doing. But I had this friend, Hank Gramillion, that was so wonderful. He was from Texas City, Texas. And we met there. I didn't know him before. And I, he was painting for Monjardino, the great Italian decorator, and he was working on the Hotel Lambert. And I was new to all this faux painting. And, you know, it just opened my eyes up about interiors. I mean, with paint. I mean, the Italians did it, you know, in the Renaissance, created marble and facades wood, and yes. faux wood. And, I mean, it's all like a theater set. So that was a great lesson to me early on in decorating paint and the deceivement of textures and oh. materials could be used in decoration. And, and you do, I still you do, do it. use it. Yeah. You still in your, do it in your front hallway. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Right. But it is part of, it is part of decorating for, for some designers. Yeah. But and nobody knows how to do it anymore. That's true. That's true. Except for Stephen Sills and Stephen Sills workshop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, Left Paris after two and a half years? Mm -hmm. I came back to Dallas oh. because I went to see my parents. And they said, you know, I wanted to go to New York City, but they said, you should stay here. You're still young. You should get some experience here. And so I worked for a, a designer in Dallas for two years. Then after two relationships, I moved up here to New York because I had, strangely enough, I was, I had clients at that age. I was like 24 friends of mine, my own age, that were moving to New York, and I did their apartments. Two people, the Lawrences, Jim Lawrence and Debbie Lawrence. And and you got your work published very early on. Very early. Which was extraordinary at that yeah. time because people were struggling. I mean, young interior designers struggled. They worked for the big names. Oh, yeah. And you got your stuff published right away. Immediately. Why was it? Because you were so charming or so good? So good. <laughs> because he was so good. <laughs> no, that was great. I did it. I'm, Parents bought me a beautiful little townhouse in Dallas, very contemporary. And I changed it over and I decorated it and everything. And, you know, I just had the nerve to take pictures of it. I think I was a Polaroid camera and sent it to House and Garden to Lou Gropp, who was the editor at the time. And I said, I'm such and such, you know, such and such. I'm moving to New York. Here's my house in Dallas. Would you be interested in publishing it? I love your magazine. And he wrote back and said, immediately. Of course, we would love to do this house. Did they publish it with those pictures, or did they send a photographer? They sent Oberto Gili really? oh. to me. <gasps> I loved Oberto He was Gili. such a great 
photographer, still is. I was doing all of this between, probably I was 28 by that time. That's the first thing I got published. That's fantastic. So then your career began to cook in New York City by the age of 30. Yes. Um, who were some of your clients early on? My first apartment was a New York magazine. It was just a square box room with a little kitchenette and a bathroom. And it was on 83rd between Park and Madison. And I was always going into the Metropolitan Museum. And I got that published. I sent it to Men Hogg. And I said, this, I only have oh, this. World of Interiors? World of Interiors. Wow. And I said, a man, you don't know me, but I'm Stephen Sales, and I'm a young decorator in New York. I just have this small apartment. And I said, have you ever been published before? I said, yes, I'd had my house and house and garden. And immediately she got somebody to go get it while I was still on the phone with her and looked at them. And she said, yes, this is great. And she said, just send me pictures of the room. I, I said, it's it's just one room apartment, but there's great shots. She did eight pages oh. on one room apartment. Oh, I want to see that. I've never seen that. I've shown it to you. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. I have never seen that. That yeah. would be so interesting. So, um, so after that, what happened is what well, was very interesting. Anna Winter called me. No, I met her in the the D&D building in the showroom when she took over House and Garden oh, after okay. Lou Graw. Oh, okay. Then she ran some stuff of mine with Jed Johnson, and Jed was a wonderful friend of mine, and he came to Dallas to see my house so many years ago. Charming, great decorator. And Ian Schrager called me on the phone. and I, who, had given you, who had given him your name? He saw the magazine oh. in the World of Interiors, and he said, Steve, I'm doing this hotel. I didn't know who he was. And then I, she, he said, you know where Studio 54? I said, sure. No. He said, uh, Ian Schrager ran it. I said, oh, yeah, now I know who he is. Yeah. I'm doing a hotel with Philippe Stark, and I'd like to talk to you about helping me out with this. So I went over there, met him, charming. And I just bought a new on sale Armani suit. And I remember putting that thing on and going to meet Ian Schrager. He said, Steve, you look great. Or my it was so funny. And we just got along and he had these problems with these rooms and and just Which hotel was that? The Rolton. Oh, okay. The Royalton, yes. So he needed me to do the fabrics and the colors and everything because he couldn't interpret Philippe's. He just wanted Philippe just did sketches of how he wanted everything. And he couldn't speak French. And I had met Philippe in Dallas actually, because he did the Start Club in Dallas when I was in Dallas. And um, we got along and I did that. I did all the work for that hotel with Ian. and He introduced me to a lot of fancy people. But then the great thing he did is he said, this is the client you need to have. And she's doing an office and she needs help. It's Nan Swid. Nan Swid was style icon and she created all of these ceramics and plates and Oh, I was a great fan everything. of hers. Yeah. Oh, great fan of hers. Yeah. Married to a very, very wealthy man. Yeah. Really just enabled her to really do, do her art. Right. Do and, her art. And so you did her apartment. I did her apartment. That At, spectacular. She still lives in that same apartment, yeah. doesn't she? She was on Park Avenue, and I kind of helped her with that. I did her office. Then she said to me, Stephen, I want another apartment. I want to get out of here. I said, okay. So I went looking. And we went to 834. I didn't know what, what a fancy building it was, but there was an apartment there. And it was spectacular. I mean, the architecture, the space. And that was the 
first greatest project. I had. Oh, and uh, I saw it way back then, and then I recently saw it with you, and yeah. uh, and it has just that 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 kind of apartment with that kind of architecture and that kind of design of yours really just evolves over time. It just, it holds up. You can it take looks something out and put something else in, and yeah. it's and just. It changes it, but it doesn't ruin it. Not at all. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful space with a magnificent views looking over Central Park. Right. Yeah, incredible. And it was, and I did four projects with the Swids. Her beautiful house in the Hamptons. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It sounds so casual, and yet it couldn't have been casual. I mean, you had to build an office. You needed other designers. You needed um, bookkeepers and all of that to keep this this burgeoning business going. And I'm still doing it. Yes, you are still doing it. And busier than ever. Right. Uh, Stephen is working on amazing projects right now. Palm Beach, London, New York, Greenwich. I haven't even seen these places, but I hear about them, which is so so interesting. I love to see uh, the finished product in your next book. I have enough things right now that I could do another book. Yes, you do. This year. Oh, yeah. But you're already here photographing. Yeah, I which am. is great. Yeah. But so Stephen takes design as a uh, as sort of a life work, and you create, you design, you meet with clients, you understand what they're all about, right? And then you, I guess, you're sort of a cooperative uh, designer. I am. You seem to you seem to really listen to your clients. I do. Yeah, because I think it, to me, it, everybody says, "What is your style?" I hate that one. Say, "What is your style?" I said. I don't really want to have a style. It's the client's house, and I love inventing their personalities and their desires and how they see themselves in living in a house and what works. And that's what I love more than anything. And I think they like it because they really get to express themselves to you. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, you're one of those designers that listens. And you also work with their collections. Exactly. I mean, Stephen's clients are extremely wealthy with beautiful art collections, what about that family uh, that had a house in Long Island and had a house in uh, Palm Beach? Oh, they're so wonderful. Uh, Leonard and Susan Feinstein. Yes. And I remember seeing some of those projects. It was incredible because you really worked ar- in and around their art. Right. Which was uh, amazing to do and, and kept walls big enough for, for exactly. their beautiful paintings. It's, and, it's a hard balance. It's really difficult. And very time-consuming to figure it out to work with people that have great collections because it has to work well with the house. And then that very eclectic couple on the west coast of Florida. Oh, the Bal Magaudio was wonderful. I know. And again, uh, listeners, you can you can look at all these beautiful, beautiful homes in Stephen's books. One's called Stephen Sills Decoration. One's called Stephen Sills, A Vision for Design. Uh, your other book, which I don't have a copy with me. That little one. Yeah, the small first one. Yeah, I love that. Dwellings. Dwellings. Yeah. And now you're working on a fourth book, which will um, which will incorporate some of your newer work. Mm-hmm. But I must say, your work does not look old or new uh, in any of these photographs because you each work is a work of art. Each house is well, so different you. from every other house. It's so amazing. And at the same time, Stephen is working on his own major project, which is this beautiful home in Bedford. Um, and I, what I really like about you is that you don't move away from there. You, you don't have to You don't have to s- split your time and go to Majorca. No. Would you want to? No, I don't want to. I, don't, I know now I don't want another house anywhere else. Yeah. I sold the house in my, my, my little apartment in Miami and got rid of that because I never went there. 
And you can go to a hotel and I don't want to stay any place more than a week. You There's know? so much to see, right? There's so much to see. Yeah. I'll, I'll call Stephen. Oh, he says, oh, I'm in, I'm in Paris for the weekend looking for stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm in Hawaii looking at plants. Yeah. Oh, I'm really down in uh, Brazil and yeah. Rio looking for, for 1950s furniture. Yes. That's what you do all the time. You're a very curious person. Very. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to a detriment. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what's the first thing you do when you go to see somebody's house? They say, I want to buy this house and I want to redo it. What, tell me the steps because the steps. every every designer has a different different type of, of program to use on a project. Well, I'm flattered that they call me in the first place. So I'm trying to be as charming as I can and truthful as I can be when I see them and meet with them. I, th I think what I'd look at most of is who they are and the vibes I get of how they want to live. And then I look at the house. I look at the bones first, and it's all about the architecture to me. And the first, if there were any imperfections or something could be better, or those are the things that go on in my mind. And 
sometimes I jump the gun and start telling them I tear this out and make this bigger. I'm more subtle now and not to frighten them to death. But I think it's all about the architecture and you need the right spaces to hold your family and make it, you know, useful. And thinking about the kitchens, everybody lives in the kitchen. You have to see if they do and if it's functional and and the bathrooms and, you know, just the basics you have to well, kind of Well, the wealthy clients out. you have, do they really live in their kitchens? A lot of them they do. do. How nice. They do. I live in my kitchen. I mean, that's the most used room in my house is the kitchen. But my kitchen is really a utilitarian cook's kitchen. A real kitchen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, so glorious, that uh, kitchen. It is glorious. But Stephen, Stephen has this glorious kitchen too, but he has a big couch in his kitchen and a giant TV and a couple Fireplace. chairs and a fireplace always lit. And my kitchen is not like that. I have a, a small television and a little desk and the rest of it is all workspace. But it's totally perfect for you because you're a master chef. You know how what you're doing and you're an artist with food. And that's what, so when people, or when they come to your kitchen, they'd rather look over the, the counter food, right. and watch you cook or talk to but you. But in your house, everybody goes and watches documentaries while, yeah, you, while exactly. you're fussing around cooking something. Exactly. I like how you adapt to the spaces to the client's needs. It's so important. And, you know, where do they sit? Where do they want to live? Do they want to television in there. I mean, everybody has to have a TV. I just saw a, a new apartment that Stephen just did, two, uh, oh, one, one apartment building away from mine. Mm -hmm. And um, two young, young men with two young children mm -hmm. with a, a beautiful apartment, very spacious, by the way. Yeah. But boy, it really works, that apartment. It does. It's yeah, the amazing. children have play spaces. Uh, they have their own, each child has a bedroom with a playroom and uh, the kitchen is so nice. Everything in that apartment. I was just astonished at how and how quickly it came together. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to work on that? It was like a year and a half. And, but you know, it was a great apartment to begin with. And I have to give Peter Marino did all of that. Oh, he did it originally? He did it originally and laid the, uh, I know, had dinner, laid the wall. I had had dinner in that apartment uh -huh. uh, many years ago with the former owner. Yeah. And it was so beautiful, with hung with great art. And, exactly. Yeah, beautiful. And then all of a sudden, a, a young couple with with nannies and, and little babies uh, has has moved in, and it's light and airy. And was the living room always in the back? I don't remember that. It was always in the oh. back. I mean, everything was exactly like oh. it was when, I guess, Peter did it. it. It was so good. There was so many good things about it that we just— we didn't have to change the moldings, the doors. Oh. We lightened the floors totally. We put new windows in that living room to make them bigger and just solid oh, panes. Those are beautiful. Because the apartment was dark, but they wanted a very light apartment. And, you know, I can see from my building, I can see the back of their building. It's really? So, yeah, it's so weird. But what's more impressive than just the architecture is the decoration. Because you really know your upholstery. You really know this. The, you look yeah. at the size of the people and you make their furniture fit them. Exactly. Well, it's very important. Yeah. But you it's do all it custom so well. it's, furniture. It's, yeah, custom furniture, but beautifully upholstered with the most beautiful fabrics and beautiful rugs. Right. But it's not everything is... You don't have everything made to order. You, it's, you find antique rugs, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What bothers me about some designers is that nothing ever made is is quite good enough for the job at hand. 
and too many of them have every rug, you know, made. There are beautiful carpets. Oh my God, there's so many. There's nothing like an old rug, a really good quality. It has been worn and patinaed. You can't. You can't duplicate but you tre- that. You work. treat furniture like works of art. And, I do. Yeah, and that's uh, and when you walk into Stephen's own house, you should see the amazing furniture. Oh, I, that desk in your library. <laughs> that oh, was, that's amazing. And the, that pair of chaises in your in your living room, and then Stephen just added a, an addition onto his house. He made a ballroom. Now, what are you going to do in the ballroom? We haven't had a ball yet. Well, we entertained. Tina Turner, yeah, you we were had, there. Yeah, we had a we great both, dinner. You and I hosted it. Yeah, that was very fun. And yeah. she loved that. Yeah. But that was a dinner party. Now you have to have a ball. We have to have a dance in there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you looking forward to that? Oh. It just gave me a big room to decorate. You know, I always wanted a double cube room that had those proportions. So double cube. So yeah. That's, that's what that is. That's right? what it is. Oh, it's so beautiful. So you started that project during COVID lockdown, right? Is that yeah, but no, you know, I finished the architecture right before COVID hit. And then it was so great because I could finish up the decorating. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There's that's where he was up on the scaffold. I remember. Yeah, exactly. There. Painting. And then the next place I saw you on the scaffold was at Dominique Bluthorn's house. Dominique is a dear friend of mine and and she uh hired. You got Stephen. me that job. I did get you that job because when I saw when I the Dominique had purchased this beautiful estate with talk about fabulous trees and landscape. Yes. I mean, an amazing, amazing, uh, almost an arboretum. And the house needed a real, like almost a teardown. And Stephen uh, suggested an architect. Yeah. And that architect did a beautiful job, big, beautiful rooms. A woman, a a youngish woman with four grown children and, uh, and a, uh, her husband had died and she wanted, she wanted a big life change. And, you made it happen. Her, her house is really one of the most charming houses, and you helped her so much. Did you see the Bedford Magazine story? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh, she she credits you for making that house her home, which is what Stephen is so good at, making a house a home. And it was transformed, and, yeah. and you became her close friend, too, which is yeah, so nice. I adore her. So would you say that you create with your clients oftentimes a lifelong friend? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you do. Because you're Nance I yeah, mean, I still, you're intimately involved with right. their with their lives and their and their their next projects, and what? Aaron, you know. Oh yes, you'll be her friend beach. forever. Yeah, forever because you've made her house a home. Yeah, that was a cold house when you took it. Yeah, it's now so utterly it's beautiful. so beautiful. Yes, Dominique says um, that somehow Stephen knew what I wanted in this house, even though I couldn't explain it. And uh, she got that feeling from you, which is so incredible that you have that talent to know. Talking to her, I could get the vibe, what she loved. Because she loved Mediterranean style, and her, her mother was French, and she were, loved the Mediterranean. And I could I just get the color. Yeah. She needed color in that house. Right. I talked about changing the color of a piece of furniture. You did that several times in that house. Many times. Yeah. I used a lot of her old furniture that she already had. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. And uh, Tina Turner, did you go to Switzerland and really do that whole big house of hers? I helped her. Oh. Yeah. I did the house in the south of France first. Oh. And then she moved to Zurich with her husband. Beautiful house. And now she just bought a huge, big property on the lake, like 10 miles up from her old house. The quality of it is so beautiful. Those, those Swiss 
know how to make stainless steel kitchens and bathrooms. And there's elevators. I mean, it's oh, exquisite, you know. And you also worked on a museum in West Tennessee for her. I did. Is that her her music museum? It is her music museum. And it was the schoolhouse. And I did it for her wedding present, I told her. Hmm. What did you do in it? Well, she had tons of her memorabilia of her, you know, photographs and all the great people she had met along the way. And then all of her great iconic costumes are all put behind glass cases in the schoolhouse and just had the glamorous encompassed in the glass box. And then you could see through it and you saw the rough planking of the old schoolhouse and the cotton fields behind it. It was an interesting project. I really enjoyed it. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags, and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So who in the design world influences you. I mean, you influence so many, but who are the, the people who really influence you? Well, I think it's older decorators that I've always looked up to. I loved Billy Baldwin when I was growing up as a kid. He was just, and I, I got it right off. I mean, it was 
just a cleaned up version of life. You know, it's just pared down and clean and honest. And that's the kind of the direction I always sort of focused on. But I went to France because I wanted to meet Charles Sevigny, who I worshipped, that worked with Evie Dahl and the Knoll. I was into contemporary stuff until I lived in France. Then I got interested in real decoration by faux painting by Monjardino. And Georgia Foy is a great French decorator. And that's somebody that I always go back to and study his quality and just the attitude of decoration. I'm really a Francophile. I love England, but, you know, in this country, the majority of decorating is inspired by England, yeah, because, puritanical. Well, yeah, because then it came to America and it became American furniture. Right. That, that looks so much like, like English, English furniture. furniture. Yeah. The Heffel White and the Chippendale and the, right. all of that. But the French are more eclectic. Very eclectic. Yeah. Interested in the whole world. What part of your environment do you like the best? The garden or the house or the, what what part? My garden, absolutely. Yeah. You, you built know, that little greenhouse. I love that greenhouse. But that's uh, that was a reconstructed old greenhouse? Yeah. But where'd you find it? I found this great guy in Boston that refurbished old cast iron greenhouses. And he found one and I talked to him. Paige Dickey turned me on to him. Oh. But I wanted an old cast iron one. Because the house was built in the 1920s, and this greenhouse was built in the 1920s. So yeah. I wanted to connect it, it. It looks like it was always there. Was there, yeah. yeah. Stephen has this amazing hillside that is a, a sort of a semicircle all the way from bottom to top uh, of, uh, con- of concentric circles or half circles of beach hedge. Now, where'd you get that idea? Or did you just make that up? I did not make that up at oh. all. Where'd you get it? I totally ripped it off from, from that. The great <laughs> Belgian. Jacques Wirtz? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Does he have one of those someplace? He did it in one of his books, and I just thought it was so beautiful. Oh, and, I never noticed that in his books. I yeah. To, I better get my Jacques Wirtz I'll, I'll find it and show oh, it to you. But. Because I thought you just, I mean, well, you had the space. I mean, you had that. Semi- I had the hill yeah, in the semicircle. Did. And what happened, that was a whole forest of pine trees. And there was a mini the tornado that came through Bedford. And it oh. just went right through that forest and Not took them everything. all out. Oh. And it took three years to clear the trees out to do that. But that's working so well. That it is. is. That is working so well. So you call yourself, what do you call yourself, a designer or a decorator? Uh, they can call me anything they want. I don't care. Oh. I like decorator because all these people, when I was growing up in the 80s and everybody, everybody was a designer. Oh, no, I'm not a decorator. Well, of course you're a decorator. What difference does it make? But there's this language of designer, decorator, you know. Well, we have to we have to give our listeners some concrete ideas. Now, you you get an apartment. What do you look at first? It's an empty space. What do you, as a decorator, look at first? The proportions in the space and the architecture and uh, the doors, the windows. Where does the light come in? Where does it? Where is it dark and that sort of thing? That's what I think about. And so I'm the client. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you suggest first? Is it Is it flooring? Is it walls? Is it lighting fixtures? It's probably no. It's that's way down. I think I think bathrooms are very important in apartments. And I think in an apartment, I think the door swings are very tricky. And uh, because in apartments you have a lot of hallways, wasted hallways, and I hate that. And I just, I concentrated on the architecture totally. 
and the details of how it works, you know, how that can improve. Then I start thinking about the personality of the client and it starts turning in my head about very quiet minimalism. Contemporary would be good for them or it could be like a more rusticated contemporary thing or, you know, just kind of plan a thing in my head what I think they should live And then like. materials? Oh, yeah. No, I do boards. I'm one of the only people that do boards because they're like compositions of paintings for me. And if they look good on a board, they're going to look good. The fabrics, pieces of furniture, the floor plan, uh, the wall finishes, the, the flooring finishes, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. And I put it all together as a composition before it ever it's excellent. Have you, have you photographed all these boards? A lot of them. Yeah, you should do that. I do photograph them. I like to see that. But that's where you can get a clear concept of what you're doing. And, and people, don't ever piece Has anybody ever it. thrown up their hand and said, oh, this is totally wrong? Has anybody no, ever done that to you? No. No. They look at it and they say, it's very beautiful. And then they'll say, a week later, you know, I've been thinking about that fabric for the sofa. Can we try something else? I remember the only time I've well, the only time I've used a decorator is um, a designer decorator uh, was for my little pied a terre in New York. Mm-hmm. And I had never, never dreamed of having a high end decorator. But you and, can do it yourself. Well, I didn't know I, I at told the time. That in the beginning. I didn't I, know at the we, time if I could or not. Of and, course you uh, can. And it was. Uh, you know what you love and your style. No, but at the time I, I had it all drawn up mm-hmm. and it was totally wrong for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. They were totally wrong, and I had to tell them it was wrong. But and that's I had good. To fire the decorator. It's okay, and it frightened me to death. <laughs> so, but people, if you're out, if you're there, and that ever happens to you, don't be afraid. There's always Stephen Sills waiting outside <laughs> that could take your beautiful, beautiful space and turn it into a magical kingdom. But uh, it's really true. It's just like it, it is. It is so intimidating sometimes to think of use of working with a decorator. But people shouldn't be. You know, I just got a call from my office. This sweet girl up in uh, very close to Bedford, but I think it's in one of the smaller towns. And she said, my husband and I just bought this little house. And, and I've loved your work so much. And, you know, I have a very small budget. But I would love for you to help me. But I don't think, you know, it's a big enough budget. But I just called her back on the phone and talked her through it. And I said, come in. Yeah. Because she was somebody, the house was beautiful. She had taste and a low budget that I didn't think I could work with. But, you know, I just encouraged her. That's nice. That's good. It is. Well, it's good to be able to be a teacher like that, too. But your books, your books teach so much. Uh, Your work really does uh, inspire so many people. And uh, keep up the great work, Stephen. I, I cannot tell you how much I admire what you do and how you do it. And Stephen's always, you know, he's sort of like laid back and you wonder, gosh, how does he get it all done? You get so much done. I'm laid back because my head is turning all all the time time. about what I have to do. Right. Well, you get it done and done (laughs) extremely beautifully. Well, I can't wait to see your your new projects. I cannot, I cannot wait to, uh, to read your next book. You are amazing. And if, uh, if any of you are interested in looking at Stephen's work, you can see it in Stephen Sills' Decorations, Stephen Sills' A Vision for Design. These are his two newest books. 
published by Rizzoli, available on Amazon oh, and sure. uh, in bookstores everywhere. Stephen, it's so nice to talk to you for this long a time, and I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. Have a nice night. Bye, friend. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.